Have you ever wondered why children or people in general are afraid of the dark? As we go along, I'm going to tell you a few stories that have happened in my life. Dealing with the necessity of light. I titled this sermon today, The Shining of the Light. And my prayer is that it will be very, very plain to you how absolutely important the light of the gospel is for God's people. Hear now God's word from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would shine the light of your word to make it plain and to transform us evermore into the image of Christ. We commend this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. In this particular letter that Paul writes to the Corinthians, he is having to explain what his ministry is all about. There have been false teachers who have come forward and they've given false accusations against him so as to win the people away from the gospel that Paul has preached and taught to the Corinthians to a false gospel. But Paul writes... He writes, giving his credentials, in a sense. He tells the Corinthians all over again exactly what it is that he himself is about. And he emphasizes, I am about the gospel. I am about Jesus Christ. And the term gospel, let me just make it, uh, definitions are important to me. Gospel means good news. Good news. The only good news is the good news the apostle shares he even goes so far as to say in chapter 3, verse 18, and we all, with unveiled face, with our faces uncovered, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This particular message of Christ transforms. It transforms those who truly Hear it, which leads us to our passage and our focus this morning. Paul desperately wanted the church at Corinth to know the gospel, to embrace Jesus. And he goes on to talk about the gospel in a way that I want us to think about this morning. And I have six things that I shall go through pretty quickly with you. But dealing with the gospel, and as we talk about the gospel, just keep light in your mind. Keep light in your mind. In verse 3, we see, we preach 
good news. We preach the gospel. Paul's mission was to preach Jesus Christ. He says, I wanted to preach him where he had never been known before. Paul basically traveled around planting churches where no churches existed. But I also want us to remember how Paul got into his particular line of work. How did he get into this particular line of work? Well, you must remember that Paul was a devout Jew. He knew the law, as I, as I like to say, backwards and forwards. <laughs> he knew it very, very well. And he knew it so well that he did not believe in this Jesus. Stood by while a man named Stephen was killed, witnessing to Jesus. Paul had Christians put in jail. He terrorized the church. And one day as he is seeking to continue to cause harm to the church, the scriptures say a light shone round about him, flashed, knocked him down, and the Lord Jesus revolutionized his existence. He turned a terrorist into a disciple. The light of Jesus the reality of Christ changed the apostle Paul. The very word of God appeared to him and redirected his life. Well, Paul begins to preach to the church at Corinth. We see in the book of Acts chapter 18. And there we see Paul preaching in the synagogues to the Jews. He's trying to convince them, to persuade them that the Messiah promised all throughout the Old Testament is in fact Jesus. Well, it says after he was opposed and reviled, he moves on to the Gentiles. He tells them, I'm moving on to the Gentiles. The Bible says in Acts 18, I think this is very important, and many, and many, and many of the Corinthians, when they heard Paul, they believed and were baptized. The word that transformed Paul is at work through Paul bringing men and women, boys and girls to faith at Corinth. I also want you to know what the Lord says to Paul in Acts chapter 18 verses 9 through 11. The Lord says, do not be afraid, talking to Paul, but go on speaking. Keep talking about me. Do not be silent, for I am with you. The God of the universe, I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. Why? For I have many in this city who are my people. And Paul stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among the people. There were more people in Corinth who had not yet been saved, had not yet been rescued, whom the gospel had not yet penetrated into their life, that God was going to rescue. And how was he going to do it? Through the word, through the gospel, through the light of the word of God. The second thing I want us to see this morning from this particular text, we need to Remember, we need to remember something in particular as we go about proclaiming 
good news, the gospel. And you see it there in verse 3. It says, the gospel is not heard by everybody. Everybody will not come to faith. Everybody's not going to hear in a saving way the good news of Jesus. Here it says there, the gospel is veiled. It's covered. Who, to whom is the gospel veiled? The perishing, it says. The perishing do not hear the gospel. They reject the gospel. Who are the perishing? Well, they're unbelievers, according to verse 4. These are people who, who do not trust in Jesus. They don't believe that Christ is God. They don't believe he's the Savior. They don't even believe he's the Lord of the universe. And such may be some of you. And such indeed were some of you and me as well. They do not believe that God is angry with them due to their sinful condition. They are in the dark. They are in the dark. The third thing I want us to see is we have an enemy. We have an enemy. In verse 4, he is called the lowercase God of this world. The God of this world. Who is it talking about? Well, it's talking about Satan. Talking about the adversary. And that word world also means age. The God of this age, this period of time. But as I said, it's lowercase g. It's not uppercase g. Meaning that he only has influence for a time. Satan blinds the perishing from seeing the light of the gospel. And as I was thinking about, well, how do you explain this? I thought, well, go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And I think it makes it very plain what is meant when Paul says, Satan blinds the perishing from seeing the light of the gospel. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, And you, and he's referencing people who at one time were perishing. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. And now he begins to make plain the lives of the perishing. Following the course, the pattern of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. The daughters of disobedience. You remember several weeks ago when I talked about the fall. We're born into a fallen world. We're born into a certain condition. We're born blinded to the reality of the goodness of God in Christ. We're born sons and daughters of disobedience. The perishing. The unbelievers are under the power, the influence of the enemy. Well, the fourth thing I'd like for us to see from our passage is, but we have the gospel. We have the gospel. And what is the gospel, according to our text here? It is light. The first thing we see is that it is light. I told you I'd come back to this. Think about the power of light. Going into a dark room and flipping on the switch. That which once was shrouded 
in darkness. You didn't know where you were going. All of a sudden, you can see. I'm going to tell you a few stories here. I love to tell stories. As Kurt made a plane a few weeks ago. Um, a few weeks ago, I was uh, coming into the house. So I live with one of my best friends and his family. And I sleep. There are four levels in the house, and I sleep on the first level. Their son had just had a birthday, and someone, one of the relatives bought him this gigantic Darth Vader figure with, you know, the, 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 the lightsaber. I saw them bringing it in as I was leaving. I had to go to uh, a dinner meeting. But when I came back, everybody was asleep and all the lights were off. And I was trying to be, you know, considerate, not turning on lots of lights. So as I, and I had some things in my arms. And as I was walking back to my room, I realized, as I'm walking, I hit something. And it's all pitch black in there. And I hit it again, and all of a sudden, you have to know me. I get pretty startled pretty easily. I go, oh, because <laughs> I saw this shadow of a person standing there. And I thought, oh, no, this is it. <coughs> and then I thought, wait a minute. That's Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> I flipped on the light, and I thought, why didn't you just turn the light on? Well, they were awake the whole time. They came running downstairs laughing. They heard me. All I had to do to be able to see was turn on the light, something that simple. One other story for you. These particular friends, when I first moved here in 2012, I think in November of that year, they were going to Florida on a trip with uh, my, my friend Rob, his parents. And it was early in the morning, and I was driving them to the airport so they could fly. I was driving them to Baltimore, and as I said, it was early in the morning, and it was very dark outside. And their youngest son, he was that tall. He was that tall. And his mother said to him, the door was open, they were all fully dressed, and she said, son, go on outside, we're getting ready to get in the car, and I will never forget what he said. He walked to the edge of the door, and he looked at him. he said, no, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Petrified, he wasn't going out into the darkness, at least not without a parent, not without light. Light is necessary. Why? It enables you to see. It enables you and I to see. The gospel is light. We also see that the gospel is glorious knowledge of Jesus Christ. You see that in verses 4, 5, and 6. It is glorious knowledge, information, facts, reality. It is the best information anyone can possess. I went to South Africa in the summer of 2001, and we, in essence, uh, it was with the ministry, I was involved with the college called Campus Outreach, we, in essence, were missionaries, we were sort of like Pauls on the, the university campus, and we were in the city of Pretoria, and we were, uh, uh, we were split up into twos, and so my ministry partner, his fellow named uh, Mike Edwards, lives down in Raleigh. We were outside talking to a group of guys behind their, uh, their res, as they called it, their, their dormitories. And one of the guys, you know, we, we were talking about faith, talking about spiritual things. And then all of a sudden, one of the guys just gets rigid. And he says, you, you Americans, you come here and you want to talk to us about Jesus. He said, you're not really concerned about what we're going on. He said, you're just going to get on your airplane and fly back to where you come from. And I thought, whoa. He was talking to Mike. And I thought, man, you know, we're here. We're, we're trying to witness to these guys. 
And you know, I, I, I almost, I almost thought, well, it was just time to tuck tail and run. But then I thought, no, 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 no. And the Spirit of the Lord gave this to me. I said, fellow, if I knew, if I possessed the cure to every single disease in existence in the world today, and you had one of those, and I didn't tell you about the cure, do I love you? He looked at me, he said, no, no. I said, brother, we come with the gospel. It's the best news you could ever have. And we begin to talk some more. And God used the word, his gospel light, to turn the lights on for that young man. I'll never forget that. He turned the lights on. The gospel of Jesus is that news that everybody needs. Every single person needs it, believer and unbeliever alike. We go on to see here in our text that Jesus is the image of God, more knowledge about Christ. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, I do I want you to hear this. And he, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. Paul says Jesus is the image of God. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. More information is that Jesus is Lord. He's the master of everything. There's absolutely nothing in existence that's not under his control. What we share, what we preach, what we teach is we proclaim Jesus. He is the light of the world. Well, the fifth thing I want you to see from our text in verse 6 is, in the gospel, we connect salvation to creation. Or rather, we connect creation to salvation. Paul says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Well, what do you think he's referencing there? Genesis. I think he's referencing Genesis. Where else do you see God commanding light to exist out of darkness. I want to read that passage for you. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, it's just fact. <laughs> the earth was without form. It was void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. He's about to do a great work. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Well, what's going on here? The separating of the light from the darkness. God is preparing the world for humanity. And interesting that he calls light into existence and he separates the light from the darkness, calling the light day and the night, excuse me, and the darkness, calling it night. God's separation denotes God's order, his design, his purpose for light. 
his purpose for darkness. I think that there's a glimmer here of what is even yet to come, which you see later on, of course, in the scriptures as it pertains to when a person comes to faith in Christ. Later in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a what? A new creation. A new creation. At creation, there is new light. When a person comes to faith in Jesus, it happens through the light of God. The light of God's word penetrating into the soul of a person who was in the dark. A person who did not know who God was. A person who was lost in their condition of rebellion against God. God shines into dark hearts, giving the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. When God turns on the lights, when he causes the light of the gospel to shine into your soul, then you see the face of Christ. You see the face of Christ in the radiant knowledge of Christ poured forth in the message of the gospel. What is the goal of the gospel? The goal of the gospel is that people will be made new. It's that people will see. The people, the scriptures say, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Well, the light is Jesus. The people who sit in darkness all around us, in Silver Spring, in Wheaton, in the Washington, D.C., Maryland, Northern Virginia area, the people who sit in darkness need to see the light of Jesus. And how do they do that? How do they do that? New light in Christ means new light in the world now. A new light to see the world rightly. I don't want you to forget that. To see the world rightly. A, a new light which allows you and I to understand reality according to God's design and his interpretation of it. Today... If you are in Christ, Jesus says you are the light of the world. Did you know that? I mean, you know, we, we learn scripture memory, but I wonder sometimes do we really embrace what it says? If you are in Jesus today, if the spirit of the living God lives inside of you, you are the light of the world. And as Kurt said in his prayer earlier, you're supposed to shine. A city that sits on a hill, you can't hide it. It's there for it to be seen. The light of Christ lit inside of you and me is not so that we cover ourselves up and hide. It's that we shine. We, the church, are the light of the world. Do you know that? In every single generation, all of us are going to die one day. We're going to go off the scene. Those who Christ lives inside will go into heaven. Hallelujah. Those perishing into eternal damnation. But while the church lives, we are the light of the world. We are who people need in the sense they need Jesus. They need to see Jesus in us. Therefore, shine. Shine at home. Shine when you're in your private room. 
Shine in front of your family. Shine at your job. Shine in your neighborhood. Shine in difficult situations. Shine when it's difficult to trust in your Savior. Shine when it seems that life is falling down all around you. Shine, the Lord says. Brothers and sisters, the Spirit of God commands and instructs you and me to let your light and my light so shine before people that they might know that God is real. That we might shine the reality of God. What do your neighbors see? What does your family see? Do they see the shining of the light? Do they see the shining of the light? Well, how do we shine? And I will, I'll close after this. How do we shine? We spend time with Christ in the Bible. We spend time with Christ in the Bible. I dare you to get so acquainted with who Jesus is in the scriptures that you begin to overflow with his light to others around you. You know, when I first, when I went to college and I first started having my quiet times there um, after I learned a specific way of, of, of how to do Bible study, I always wanted to share it with people. I always wanted to share it with people. Now, I'm, I'm nobody and I'm not the standard. That, that's not the point. But the point is, I promise you, if you make time to walk with God in his word, have a quiet time, have personal Bible study, he will overflow out of you into the lives of the people around you and the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus is what people will see. Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord, our Lord, your name is excellent in all the earth. Father, in our world, we recognize that there are people who sit in darkness. Father, we, we thank you that you have called sinners like us to Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you've turned on the lights so that we know that Christ is real, so that we know what sin is all about. So that we know, Father God, that you love sinners like us and you have provided for us. Father, my prayer for these, my brothers and sisters, is that they would shine in every sphere of influence that you've given them. That you would use them to share the good news of Jesus with others. To be unafraid. To see people in their need. And to give them good news. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would work through us this very day, this very week. Keep these your people. Keep them from darkness. Keep them, Lord, in your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.